0: It's understandable why when you're sitting at your kitchen table and your wife or husband lost their job and you're worried about your job, where you're not sure you can ke- send your kid back to college this year, where you can't get any help to care for your elderly parent, there's no wonder you're sitting there and feeling angry. But there's going- tangible evidence, tangible evidence of the path we put the country on, that we're moving in the right direction, has become more and more apparent. And by the time we get it... Hello and welcome to Planet Money. I'm Adam Davidson. And I'm Alex Bloomberg. It's Tuesday, February 16th. That was Vice President Joe Biden, you heard at the top, defending the Obama administration's strategy for fixing the economy. That was on Meet the Press on Sunday. On our show today, Sophisticated Entrepreneurship Among the Poorest People in Haiti.
1: But first, Alex, we have a Planet Money Indicator. It is $10,000, a huge rise in prices that
0: actually may be good news. It will cost you $10,000 more each day if you want to rent a standard cargo ship the kinds you see in ports all over the world. The ones that are three times bigger than the Statue of Liberty. You can rent one. Most people don't know that. But by the end of the year, it will cost you thirty-nine grand a day versus twenty-nine grand a day at the end of last year. That is a 31% increase.
1: Now, for those of us who are not renting massive cargo ships, this is actually probably good news because it's a sign that global trade is picking up. Demand for ships is going up, so the price is going up.
0: And it actually gives me an idea for the Planet Money Holiday Party. I'm interested. Cargo ship, yeah. Port of Newark, New Year's Eve, 1,000 people, 39 bucks a head. BYOB. I love it. Pays for itself. All right, let's move on to the subject of today's podcast, which is more from your and Hannah Jaffe Walt's trip to Haiti. Last week, you guys were talking about small and medium sized businesses in Haiti and how hard it is for those types of businesses to expand. Today, we're going to hear about business, but in a way we don't normally think about it. Um, we're talking business at almost a subsistence level, the smallest businesses basically in the world.
1: Yeah, today we're going to meet an entrepreneur that Hannah and I met in Port-au-Prince. And while the dollar value of her business is is incredibly small... I found her to be so sophisticated, like as sophisticated as a lot of the people we've interviewed who deal with millions and billions of dollars of business.
0: And you happened upon her um, by accident, right? You were on a tour with the economic advisor to the prime minister.
1: Yeah, Hannah and I were spending the day with Jean-Palais Maturin. He's Haiti's prime minister's chief economic advisor, and he wanted to show us how the economy of Haiti works. So he took us on a tour of Port-au-Prince, and the first stop was actually his old office where the prime minister worked up until a few weeks ago. It's a gorgeous Italian-designed villa on a cliff overlooking downtown Port-au-Prince, although right now it's being used for a very different purpose.
2: See, so, well, this is just, a garden. This is, this this is, is, a, this is a beautiful is the patio. Backyard of the Prime Minister's office. There's a nice the swimming pool. Nice swimming pool. You have uh, trees, you have shade, you have everything.
1: I, dem- I can picture lovely parties here with. Yeah, di- norm-
2: Normally, it's used to have lovely parties. At, uh, after, the dis- after, after January the 12th, uh, all these things has changed.
1: Because right now we are seeing one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten,
2: eleven. Well, you can't even count. You can't count. <laughs> no, no. They but we are care. seeing dozens
1: care. and dozens of tents on this lawn, directly in front of us. There, there's a family getting getting dressed and showering. Um, I mean, it's like we're standing in this family's yeah, think,
2: bedroom. Yeah, it's. They 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 don't have any bedroom. They don't have any privacy. And you see, there is no more life. No more dignity.
1: Uh, I, I don't want to be undignified, but we just saw this woman. She was naked from the top up while she was showering out in public. Um, there's babies being changed. There's people trying to make breakfast.
2: and No, not, not breakfast. People trying to sell their goods.
0: So it turns out, as Jean Palem explained, in all these tent cities, there are these little one-person businesses, people carrying around plastic tubs filled with food.
1: And right when Jean Palem and I were talking, we saw this woman selling stuff to that family that was changing their baby right next to us. And I have to tell you, she was this really skinny, really muscular woman, and she was carrying this massive tub on her head.
0: Uh, We actually have a photo on our website, npr.org slash money, and it's incredible seeing this thing bounce right right, uh, on the top of her head there.
1: Yeah, I actually asked her how she got such a heavy thing onto her head. She answered, of course, in Creole, so Jean Palem did the translating.
3: Well,
2: sometimes it is too heavy. I request some people to help me to 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 lift it on my head. Can you show me what's inside? Ah. Okay, it's cool, cool. Chicken neck. Yeah. It's a big box of chicken no, neck. It's a box of chicken. Yeah.
1: And the box says frozen chicken neck from Argentina. Yeah,
2: it's a 15 kilos. So
1: that's like 35 pounds, 40 pounds.
2: 35 35 to 40 pounds.
1: And you have a cutting board and a machete. Yeah. 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 By the way, quick correction. I looked up 15 kilos is closer to 33 pounds. Nice fact checking. Still, it's very heavy on your head. Right. So Jean-Palim and I stopped and talked with her and had her explain how her business works. Her name is yves Jean-Baptiste, and she explained that this business of carrying chicken necks in a tub around a tent city is a huge step down for
0: her. Before the earthquake, she had a thriving small business. Which she explained to you guys how it worked. There's a small microcredit bank that would lend her 5000 Haitian dollars. That's around 600 U.S. She would take that money and go to the border of the Dominican Republic
1: remember that Haiti and the Dominican Republic share the island of Hispaniola Dominican Republic is certainly not wealthy by US standards but it, it's a far more prosperous country than Haiti is so Yves Rose would take the bus a few hours to the border buy some goods that were not available in Port-au-Prince or, or at least were cheaper in the Dominican Republic and bring them back all sorts of goods
2: uh corn's, corns oats, meal, uh flour meal uh, f- um, so that's that's partly uh, uh, alimentation Products. So she's a wholesaler, a very small level wholesaler? Very small level. She went, she, she go to the Dominican Republic. She buy for, with the 5,000 uh, Haitian dollars that she has borrowed from the microcredit institutions. So she come back here and she she retail to those people who have shops and, and, and small uh, boutiques. And after that uh, every, every every fifteen days she gets back to them to collect her money back, and so she month, extends credit yeah, yeah she, she borrowed from the bank, she, she, she goes to the Dominican Republic, come back with she retail to those uh, resellers, and fifteen days later she gets back her so she has close to two turns of the money per month.
1: So, just to make clear, she's not just borrowing the money, buying stuff, and selling the stuff. She's borrowing the money and then lending it out again, basically. She's giving these shop owners the goods on credit, and then she's collecting money once they sell the goods. This is a common business practice all over the U.S., you know, consignment. It's done in bookstores and supermarkets and wine shops. And Wall Street. (laughs) Exactly. And that's actually a really good example, because like any banker, she is borrowing at one rate and lending out at a higher rate and keeping the difference. And instead of lending out mortgages, she's lending out foodstuffs. Yeah. But it's the same basic business model. It's interest rate arbitrage. and. That alone is really complicated and hard to keep track of. But she also has 10 different clients, those shop owners that she sells the goods through. She has a bunch of different products with obviously different prices and different levels of demand. She has to monitor interest rates. She has to monitor customer demand, cash flow, loan maturities. And she's doing all of this without a computer. Do you have a notebook where you keep down, I lent him this, I have this? Because you have to yeah, no, balance so many she figures. Said
2: she said that she has uh, She has her book where she has the list of all her clients. Do you have it on you? No, no, no,
3: no. She said that she has her book. She
2: has her
3: book.
2: She had she, uh, this book somewhere, even though her house was collapsed, but she still had the book.
1: Eve Rose got back from her last trip to the Dominican Republic the day before the earthquake. She'd bought about 500 US dollars' worth of goods. So the next morning, she distributed most of those goods to her various clients, and she left some of them at home. Then, that afternoon, the earthquake hit. It destroyed her house and all the goods she had there, it actually destroyed pretty much all the businesses of all of her clients. So it destroyed all the goods she had brought back from the Dominican Republic. Several of her clients
0: died in the earthquake. And none of them are in a position to pay her back for what she had lent them. So all her inventory, which she bought with that loan, is gone. But the bank that gave her the loan is still open for business and, of course, still expects her to pay it back.
2: So now she is thinking what she is going to do by tomorrow. Because normally on the 7th, the money that she has b- borrowed from the microcredit institutions, on every 7th of the month, she should pay back. Fortunately today. Wait,
1: tomorrow's the 7th? No, today's today, the 7th. As
2: it's a Sunday. So you're due today. Yeah, yeah. And like tomorrow, she will. She doesn't know what she's going to say to the bank. Uh, uh, to the How bank much bank do
1: we'll, you owe them tomorrow?
2: Uh, uh, 700. Do pay you 700 dollars? Tomorrow morning, she should pay 700 Haitian dollars. How many US is that? Uh, it's close to 100. Now.
1: One hundred U.S. dollars? Uh,
2: eighty, uh, ninety, ninety twelve to ninety five U.S.
1: dollars. And how close are you? How much do you have?
2: Bon, uh, no,
3: il s'accepte de l'ambre là, m'a acheté, et puis il aime finir ma connerie, quand même fait, quand même pas fait, mais par pour du bon coup. Donc, donc, Jamal,
2: she, she, is not, she is not close to it because it's only with this she is trying to turn around and see if she can get some money back.
1: By this, he means the bucket full of chicken necks. The chicken necks, it turns out, were Eve Rose's only hope. She'd bought them from a local dealer. They were frozen from Argentina. And to buy them, she had to take out another loan.
0: But this loan was not from a microcredit institution. It was from a loan shark. And the interest rate was 20% in two weeks. That is versus the 12% she owed the microcredit bank and that was in eight months. So it's a huge, huge difference in interest rate. So
1: now she's deeper in debt. She has a loan due to the microcredit bank and to the loan shark. And if everything goes perfectly, if she sells all the chicken necks she has, she'll only clear about 3 or $4 U.S. in profit. And then maybe she could buy another box of chicken necks tomorrow and get another another 3 or $4. So she's not going to make anything close to the $100 she owes. If she's lucky, she can probably stay ahead of the loan shark, but she has no possible way of paying off the microcredit bank. Now, remember, Jean-Pierre is the chief economic advisor to the prime minister of Haiti. This day that he spent with us was his first chance to check in on the post-earthquake economy because he had spent the previous few weeks saving lives, getting food and water to needy people. So now, he said, it was time to start helping people like Yves Rose.
2: Now we need to come back on the on, in the reality of these people who try to come back in business, try to take care of themselves instead of staying waiting for uh, for some food. And you see, when, whenever you find people fighting for a better living or to rebuild themselves without any assistance, you see she she went uh, to take a credit with a very very high interest rate in a very very short term trying to rebuild her capital to recapitalize it. That's things that we will have to look at very, very
0: importantly. Very Are you going to tell the Prime Minister about her? I have to talk about that. So you and Jean-Paul talked to Ivrose Rose for a little bit, and, and she told you basically she has a plan. The reason she's doing all this, the business, is for her kids. They're in school, which in Haiti is supposed to be free, but which ends up with uniforms and books and the occasional bribe, being prohibitively expensive for much of Haiti's poor, which is to say for much of Haiti. Remember, well over two-thirds of Haitians live on less than $2 a day. Ivrose Rose has a fifth-grade education But before the earthquake,
1: she says she was making $100 a week, $100 U.S. That is unbelievable for someone from her background in Haiti and probably about as rich as she could ever hope to be. But her dream was that her kids would finish high school, that they would be on a whole other income bracket than she could ever hope to be. And if she's able to provide that future for her kids, then Jean-Parlame says, Maybe she's also part of providing a future for her entire country. And that's what he's going to tell the prime minister, that we need, that Haiti needs to do all it can to help people like Yves Rose.
2: If somewhere we can develop kind of uh, financial support to decrease the interest rate for such people and to increase the magnitude of their business it's simple with less than one thousand u.s. dollars she had more than ten clients and she's she's having business every weeks between Haiti and the Dominican Republic and she's paying school for her children uh, house for them clothes food and everything so if she were in a better position to do much more business let's say double the business she told you that by a week she has six to seven hundred Haitian dollars back. That's close to one hundred dollars. That's a lot of money for her, given her situation. So it means that with a little push, how useful could we be toward, uh, uh, beside these people? I,
3: I know you said that that can happen, that her children will move her into the middle
1: class. Does it happen? Like, Is that something that really does happen?
2: It does happen. It does happen. I'm not going to go through all the history with you, but maybe I'm one of the case.
1: And you were one of the case? Wait, no, no. <laughs> Tell us about you. Maybe. I don't know
2: for him, and I don't know for those people, but my, my mom died when I, when I was very young. And Your mom died? She, yeah, when I and she left uh, six children. I was the last one. And so uh, and my dad... Uh, He's a, uh, a peasant, peasant from uh, living on agricultural, on agricultural, uh, on his agricultural land. Does he have education? He, he been maybe at school for five years, like this lady, six to five years.
1: So you talk to her, and you, how do no. you feel when you talk to her? You feel well,
2: she's very close to what I, what I know, and it's for that reason I can talk to her with so, uh, so freely. So the, the, the dream that she has is, uh, is not too complicated. It's, it's your th- father's dream. Uh, no, my father was to- told us that uh, I am not going to buy land to live for you because in the past, in the country, the wealth that a family can transmit to his uh, children was partly the land. And uh, he, said, he told us that even if I have some money, I'm not going to buy land for any one of you. I'm putting your wealth in your head. So I send you to school. Make your, uh, Do your best to learn. Is Everything that I can give you is that thing. So take it, and take it very seriously.
1: Was that a good idea?
2: I think he, that was the best advice that I've got in my life.
1: At Planet Money, we've been talking about global poverty for months, but this conversation with Ivaro has really helped me understand it on such a deeper level. There's this Creole word that I kept hearing all the time in Haiti, brasse, and it means something like squeezing every penny out of every nickel, trying to make every little bit of money you have earn a little bit more. It's a very entrepreneurial idea and Eve Rose epitomized it. She's, she's clearly a master at brasse. But even someone as good as she is is in such a tenuous position. The earthquake obviously was was a huge shock to, to her and to the entire country. But almost any kind of shock, let's say, you know, she broke her leg or she got robbed on the way back from the Dominican Republic or one of her kids got sick or one of her clients ripped her off, anything like that, and she would be wiped out. She is on such a thin margin. So her only shot is to have nothing go wrong ever
0: for her entire life. jean Palem said this thing to you, Adam, that he's where he is today because he got one lucky break. His sister decided to work harder and pay for his schooling. That's why he has a Ph.D. and isn't an illiterate peasant like some of his cousins. And he says Eve Rose is hoping to give her kids that one lucky break, the same one that he got. And he says most Haitians, they don't even get that. They get zero lucky breaks. But most people in wealthy countries, we get so many breaks. We forget we're even lucky sometimes.
1: We're going to check back in with Eve Rose in the coming weeks and find out how her
0: business is doing, how her how her loans to the banks are doing. And we'll bring you more on that as soon as we find out. I think that wraps it up for us today, though. To see a picture of Eve Rose, visit our website npr.org slash money. You can also send us your questions, your thoughts, your comments about Eve Rose or anything else you heard to planetmoney at npr.org. I'm Alex Bloomberg. And I'm Adam Davidson. Thank you for listening.
3: was